Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by the Sultan of Still, Nick Sutherland from up in Agnes Water. Nico, oh, pen and notepad. Nick's going to draw some pictures for us today. How are you, Nico? You're a doodle. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here and sit here and doodle for the whole hour. Maybe you can be Mr. Squiggle. Okay, maybe. Yeah, that'd be great. What, um, what was my name? How did you pronounce my surname in your rapid fire introduction? And that was that was the Sultan of Steel, Nick Sutherland. No, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe because there's a lot of S's in the Sultan of Steel. Maybe then that next S of Sutherland tripped me up a little bit. I'd have to listen back. Yeah. How did it but sound you, to you? You, you were rapid fire. I haven't heard you go that that fast. And that yeah, I just finished my coffee. I mean, I'm going to be speaking <laughs> real quick. You're up and about. How are you, buddy? I'm great. Yeah, I'm great. I'm uh, I'm sleeping really well at the minute. Really? Yeah. How are you yeah. achieving that? I was. I, I've chatted at the end of last year to my friend. Shout out to her, Holly Sinclair. Um, she's whenever I've got some health stuff going on, I reach out to her. And so I reached out to her and I said, hey, 2024 is a big year for me. Let's do a catch up and take me through, you know, do some tests and all that kind of jazz. And and one of the things she said is, well, fill out this questionnaire and let me know what your concerns are. I'm like, I'm pretty good. Like my energy levels are pretty good. I'm doing all right. But um, I would like my sleep to be a little bit better. Um, just uh, sleep onset, sleep quality you know, waking up a little bit groggy, nothing major, but, you know, can improve. And so, yeah, we did some genetic testing. We did some blood tests and uh, she's got me on some supplements at the minute. And I'm just getting a pretty good nighttime routine and um, it's been great. Like the last probably week, I said to Melissa this morning, I'm like, I feel like I'm catching up on like, I don't know how much, like years <laughs> of like not great sleep. I feel like I'm kind of catching up at the minute, which is really good. That's interesting because I've heard, the sleep expert said, because it's a very common phrase, I feel like I'm catching up on sleep. And, and the sleep expert said, we can't actually catch up on sleep. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. But I, I think what he was talking about was when the quality improves and we start you know, obviously benefiting in many areas from that. So we feel like there's a, um, a quite a deep sort of nourishment on a lot of levels. Yeah, so, it definitely just feels that way. You're right. I've heard that too. It's like you can't only get four hours tonight and then go, oh, well, I'll make up for it. I'll get 10 or yeah. 12 the next night. It doesn't <laughs> kind of work that way. Um, I used to do that when I was staying awake for four days and go, oh, I'll just sleep for 24 to 30 hours. Everything should be fine. It wasn't. Put a little balance out. I wake up fresh uh, as. Um, so, you're, uh, yep. You're, you're speaking at a, at a, at a gig. You're doing I'm co- a, I'm co-hosting. I'm co-hosting. And a cashier, so and a, a, a little envelope under the table, sort of. No, it won't be or? a cashier. I'm footing half the bill of putting it on. So, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're running it and thought, oh, well, I'll just, uh, I'll ask myself if I'd like to present at it. No, well, so to, to give this will this will be out before it's on. So it's called the Addiction Collective. We're doing a three day event, a summit uh, on addiction. We're trying to get mm-hmm. as many of the new voices in this space as possible from all around the world. We have forty speakers over three days. And we're basically creating something, I suppose, for the people. I noticed that so many of these conferences at the minute, especially in addiction, they end up just aimed at clinicians. 
you know, it's like, oh, let's come and learn about clinical diagnosis and representations and all this kind of crap of, of addiction. It's like, no, let's get the people who are actually struggling with this stuff into the space and hear from a whole bunch of different people who are, you know, you know what it's like. You might hear one thing from one person at the right time that can change your life. Totally. Yeah. And 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 that's what we're looking to do. And so yeah, we myself, Drew Wild, um, he's he's been the one absolutely he's been on the show before, Drew. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. he um he's the one who's put it all together and set it up and he's put all the hours and whatnot in. Um, because we run a program called Line in the Sand together, which is an online addiction recovery program. Mm. And yeah, we just wanted to put this he, it was actually his idea, his vision. <laughs> so is that pun intended? Line in the sand. <laughs> Nuts. Well, <you> know, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like putting putting uh, the letter. I guess S it means two things. You know, <laughs> like putting putting S in lisp. It's like yeah, line in the sand for addicts. Come on. Or how the word phonetic isn't spelt phonetically. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we're putting on this event. We're very excited about it. So the Addiction Collective. Go to the Center for Healing Socials. You'll be able to find information there. It's free to register. So, you know, we've got at this point, we're still over a week out. We've got over a thousand people registered. We want to get, well, Drew wants 10,000. I think we can get wow. five at least. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's free to come up and show up and listen. Um, if you want to pay a little extra, it's like $17. Then you get all the replays of all the speakers for a period of time. And we've also, for like a hundred bucks, you can come the week after to a private workshop that we're going mm -hmm. to run to um, start to help people, you know, implement and, and work with them one-on-one -on -one to try and help them map out their next steps in, in their recovery. So, Awesome, man. I'll, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll post it on my socials and get the word out there. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. So, yeah, anyone that's interested in, in that topic, then come along. And um, like I said, we're, we're trying to get the new, a lot of the new voices you know, around the world, not to discount a lot of the older, you know, frameworks and that kind of thing. Some are very beneficial. Some are very outdated. Um, so freshen things up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to bring that, you know, got my hat backwards. I'm a young guy. <laughs> trying to bring that, <laughs> bring that vibe where we're having fun. It's like this podcast, right? Like we have fun. We talk about serious topic and the topic of addiction and addiction recovery and the way addiction can destroy someone's life, not just their life, but the people around them is very, very real. But we want to come together and try and help people, but all within that, we're still laughing, we're still having fun, we're still, you know, because that's one thing with addiction as well. It's a great myth. It's like, well, I can stop drinking or stop using or whatever it is, but life won't be fun anymore. And that's just complete and utter bullshit. It's a myth. Can you, um, I've got a tagline for you. You can pay me and thank me for this later can you, for, to, to make it fresh and fun. We put the dick in addiction. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it to Drew. We'll have a meeting about it. Right, right, right. Have a have a think tank on it. And um, our current. If we put the dish in a dictionary, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be oh. better if it was sex addicts. Yeah, that, that would work, right? That yeah, would work. Yeah. Just sex addicts. Right now, the tagline's not your average snore fest, which is what. That's why we tried to steer away from conference snort, or snort fest. No, oh, for, you keep snore like like it's boring, and you go on to sleep. Oh, well, no, that's, that, that's actually say, pretty good. If you say, <laughs> you are tuned into the puns today, aren't you? I uh, no, it's just um, I've got all this pent up dad joke energy. Yeah, um, it needs to come out. 
Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I, will, I actually thought this morning when you said we're going to record today that I should bring that up, and I completely forgot. But you brought it up off the bat, so thank you. So the Addiction Collective Three Day Summit, the second, third, and fourth of February, which is as we recorded, it's about a week's time. Spread the word, not your legs. Um, <laughs> we, you've you've got the funnies from. today. I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> I do know where it's coming from, actually. I had a very deliberate Christmas break. I had a very conscious, disciplined one. I I noted, I took time, um, just writing something down the pops of my head. Um, I took time to reflect on last year and didn't set New Year's resolutions or anything, but just really evaluated last year and uh, I just uh, the biggest takeaway was I tried doing way too much there was just a lot going on 40 acres we moved we lived in a caravan kids went overseas Em had to start a new job up here it was, there was I had to run a business online um, uh, just massive massive changes so I noted that you go to the typical coping mechanisms, uh, having a beer or a glass of wine, especially up here, the weather, it's just beer drinking weather. So mid-strengths, have a couple of them um, after mowing the lawn or whatever. But just just got into these habits as well. Um, so, yeah, this this year I'm very focused on, on – I'm just feeling really present, feeling very – I've spoken about the word proprioception, about the awareness of where the the body is is in relation to the spaces it's in. I've got I've got that really good mental or psychological proprioception at the moment. I'm feeling I'm I'm very conscious of where I am and what I'm doing at the moment, and it's been interesting to observe that the internal shifts that I've made, the decisions that I made internally, I'm just very slow and deliberate and and allowing things to be, you know, last year you, you look at 48, oh, I've got to do this, got to do that. Oh, how are we going to do this? Oh, we, we renovated as well and built. And I so guess there's a never-ending list of things to be oh, done, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I spoke about getting rid of that to-do list, which was which was helpful, and just turning up, and, and that was that was a great step. But I've gone a step further, and it's all okay. However it is, it's all okay. Um, and so... Yeah, now I've noticed that I'm not looking snacking. Uh, after dinner, snacking was big for me last year as well. So I noticed I'm not craving those snacks. I'm not craving. In, in fact, I've got no desire to, to snack or to drink or to do anything. I'm just really enjoying reading before bed and you know, um, hanging out with them and the dogs. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a really interesting exercise i suppose yeah yeah i remember you we spoke on the phone i think it was between christmas and new years when you were down and um you were saying you were in a very slow kind of observing state Ooh. um i remember i sent you some techno music to try and get you fired up but it sounds yeah. like it sounds like that was that was what was needed and i think I'm just trying to think back to myself and obviously a lot of people, you know, around me, people that I've worked with and everything. And it's like we have these breaks. It doesn't have to be over Christmas time and that sort of New Year period. But even if we've got holidays or even weekends, right, 
we automatically see it as a time to kind of let loose and enjoy ourselves in inverted commas and, you know, do all this socializing and whatnot. But I think it's good to be down. able to, yeah, that's that saying, let the hair down. But it's it's oftentimes just good to reflect, even on a weekend, like just reflect on the week that's been or the month that's been and just go, hang on, am I, am I on track with, it's like we don't want to measure ourselves against other people. We want to man- measure our actions compared to our dreams and what we want for our own life. Mm. And it's like, well, you know, is me, you know, snacking after dinner every night, is that kind of feeding me, like feeding me, Spiritually, well, was, not actually. You know, I was aware. I was aware that I was doing it, but it's very. Uh, that was the symptom, and it's it's a lot of people get focused on trying to change the symptom or the or the or the effect, but taking that time to observe and understand without judging yourself or beating yourself up or anything, you know, it, it gets you in a position where you can attend to the root cause of what's going on, which was for me. This feeling overwhelmed, and um, I was just there's just way too much, and and you know even the Sultan of Steel, very deliberate, very mindful. I've been doing this for fifteen years. Even I can get caught up in things, and um, so yeah, this year it's just been about giving up, just giving giving up, and that doesn't mean just letting it all fall apart or letting the grass grow wild and, you know, just being lazy and being passive and not doing anything. It's just giving up what I think it all should be or what I'd prefer it to be. And, um, you know, we're, we're putting, we're moving back to Vic in April. We're, we're planning some mini breaks, uh, some weekends away. Uh, but we actually went out last weekend for the first time since we've been here on the on the Barrier Reef. Went snorkeling, and um, it was it was great. And we're like, yeah, it's only taken us you know, a year and a half or whatever. And and someone I told someone else is like, been here twenty years, still haven't been out there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happens. You just get so caught up and and busy doing, you forget to just be. So. Um, yeah, so it's really nice. Just really, really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. It's feeling good so far. Okay, it's feeling good. Yeah, yeah. It also helps that you know we've finished renovating the shack and um, we've got uh, Shannon, who's been on the podcast, um, and holistic Yep, yeah, and his wife Amanda. They've agreed in principle to to come on board uh, as partners on Acacia. The property up here so um energetically there's been a shift there just knowing that there's going to be someone else holding the other end of mm-hmm. the, the whatever you know this is like ah there, there's another set of arms and legs there's another energy source there so um that's felt very very liberating um, yeah yeah the takeaway there for me is that taking stock i think it's an important one for the listeners like even in a day, like sometimes we'll, we'll go to work and whatnot and then we'll come home and we immediately, you know, start doing something around the house or we immediately then start watching TV and we watch Netflix and then we eat and then we just go to sleep and then tomorrow the the hamster wheel starts again when, mm. you know, even just taking stock at the end of the day, 
and just go, you know, how 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 did I go today? And like you said, without judgment, not like oh, I fucked up here, I fucked up there. So like just how did I go? How did I interact with life today? Other people, my environment, myself, and we can notice. I, I, I notice I'm doing this. What's the cause of that? Don't focus on what you're doing. Focus on what's what's driving those behaviors. That's right. And you know, let's say it's you know having a, a few beers every night, and then you can just sit there and go, well, that's that's what I'm doing. Like I'm aware of that. And then just sit with that for a moment and be like, and play with the idea of well, what if I don't? What happens? And that non judgment, that non judgment is really important. You know, as I said, I've, I teach this for a living. I've been doing it for 15 years, but, but I still get caught up. And, and M just wrote this beautiful um, um, bit of work yesterday to, to hand out to all of our clients that. Uh, in relation to the work she's doing, and she wrote this really vulnerable piece and said, you know, uh, it was all relating to the nervous system and vagus nerve and that. And she said, even I, I know it all, but, you know, the, the year that we had last year, my nervous system was deregulated. And it, it was, I, I noticed that I was in and out of states of, you know, elongated anxiety or depression. Um, you know, I was very heightened for, for periods of time. Um, and so, you know, Em and I both do this for a living, both teach it, both know it intimately, um, but we still get caught up in it. We still, we're still human. And and the, the best way to come back into alignment or to make the necessary adjustments or, or corrections is to do it gently, to not be not beat yourself up. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I do this for a living. Oh, I'm such a fraud. What are my clients going to think of me? And, oh, you know, it's, it's all of that's so destructive and unnecessary. So it's, and it's normally the first, going, oh. it's the first thing that comes in. And, you know, what we've spoken about a lot. It's like that first thought or whatever that comes in, then you just go, okay, I'll watch that thought go by and then treat myself more kindly. Because if it's not, you know, someone's listening that might be just, Maybe we've been doing this work for a couple of years now and we've been in personal development and trying to improve. And then the thought is, oh, for God's sake, you haven't got it yet. Oh, you're still getting anxious in these situations. What a dickhead. Oh, it's I'm, like, I'm not enlightened yet. Oh, I've been yeah. doing, I, I, I did a 12 month program. How am I not enlightened yet? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's I the, play, that's uh, the, yeah. I went to the driving range with this. I've been sort of um, playing golf with this dude at the golf course. He's a young guy and, you know, he, sort of similar ages and whatnot, and um, uh, it doesn't worry sat backwards. Um, but we went to the driving range last night, and he's a really interesting dude. He, he, <laughs> he said to me as we were leaving, he said, oh, thanks for putting up with me again today. And I just, my heart broke, and I was like, mate, you don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry that you feel you need to say that. Um, um and, and I opened this chat. I followed on from the other day, and I guess that's what um, I was going to discuss in the program. I've, I've had the program, the, the podcast. I had four days in a row where people revealed very intimate and private things to me, not people that flushing me. Um, right. uh, I, but but the first one was a, a, just a bloke in the car park at the supermarket. Um, second one was on a trip out to the reef. Another bloke similar to my just opened up and told me about a breakdown. Um, 
and this guy from golf um, just shared shared something and got really emotional just sitting there having a beer after golf. Uh, and then uh, a plumber turned up and, and told me you know, about something that's going on uh, in his family situation at the moment. And four days in a row, and I was just like, hey, what's going on at the moment? Like, is Mars in retrograde or what's going on? Um, but the conversation I had to the bloke out on the reef, and I'm, I'm coming into contact with this a lot at the moment, is he doesn't realise that he's an empath. And, and he's 52 years old. He's had a nervous breakdown. He's had a lot of mental health struggles and he, he just doesn't realise his nature. He doesn't know that um, know what his nature is or how to, how to work with his nature. Um, so it was, a, it was a, an amazing conversation and he just sat there and his mind just kept blowing as I just sort of passed on some knowledge and I've sent him some follow-up stuff, but yeah. Was that, re- was that resonating with him as you told him? Was he like, okay, yeah, deeply, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. fuck, it makes sense. I said, so uh, I said, you know, so it, it's it's learning about, because I, mean, I had the same experience. I, I, I was just going through life, you know, everyone was telling me, stop being so sensitive, you're so sensitive, blah, blah, blah. And then it wasn't until I came across this article randomly and it listed these like 13 things and said, if any of these resonate with you, you're more than likely an empath or a very empathetic nature. Um, and so I spread a few of these off to him and I was like, if I, if I went into a party and there was, you know, Tiger Woods was standing in the corner and then there was a dog and some babies to, Tiger Woods would be the last person I'd, I'd visit. I'd be, I'd be straight to the dog, and then the babies. Can I hold the baby? Play with the kids, and then I'd go meet Tiger. And he's like, uh, "Yep, yep, I do that." I'm like, "I can't watch the news. I don't drink coffee. I can't drink caffeine." Um, uh, people just come up and tell me the most intimate things, and there was those four days in a row of that. Um, I, I can't watch funniest home videos or videos of people getting hurt because I can feel that. And it's not just – so empathy is understanding someone's feelings, but being empathic is feeling what they're feeling. And you don't have a choice, and this is the thing. So if you don't, if you don't know that your, your brain has – so many more mirror neurons it, it's like a radar that's picking up so much more i said to him you know that people go to the rock pools and and generally will see like a fish or a, a starfish or a bit of seaweed where we see every grain of sand he's like oh my god yeah and and you get really drained really quickly and you've just got this built-in bullshit detector you can you can you can feel when someone's authentic, unauthentic, or lying, or being deceitful, and it's like totally okay, go out. And so everything I reeled off is just nodding and nodding and nodding, and he's like, oh, you know, what do we do with this? And I said, it's it's a double edged sword when you when you don't know that it's going. What do on. we do with this? What a good question. <laughs> yeah, and I said. It's like a double-edged sword. If you don't know that this is your nature, it, it can be a curse. It can feel like a curse and it can get you into a real mess. Uh, but when you start understanding and working with it, it is a blessing. It's the greatest gift, you know. And, but you've got to know how to manage yourself. It's like anything. It's like 
um, Cyclops X Men takes his glasses off, the laser just goes everywhere. You've got to learn how to to temper it and contain it and and work with it. So there's so I come across so many people that are suffering deeply and struggling simply because of their nature. They don't know that they're uh, a highly sensitive person. There's there's two types of sensitivity. There's that ego sensitivity. I must get what I want. Must be loved and liked. It must be perfect. And got all these desires. Or, or there's this energetic sensitivity. So that's and that's what we're talking, talking about, about. That second one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We obviously work with a lot of practitioners now, and some of them know it coming in. But we teach the HSP, the Halal Snack mm. Pack, another highly sensitive person. Um, and I see. Do you see a difference? I see like. That the, the highly sensitive person, um, Dr. Elaine Aaron, she wrote the book on that and has done probably mm. the most research on it. It's like a scientific version, and empath is like what the spiritual people say. Well, they're pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they're trying to separate into two tribes, but it's, yeah, it's the yeah, same it's thing to one me. Of the same thing. And so we teach the the HSP stuff in our courses, and yeah, the thing is. And I'll get into the nuts and bolts of it, but the vast majority of people who get into the space of helping others you know, healer, practitioner, whatever you want to call it, they're a HSP um, because they care about other people and they don't. They want to end suffering in other people because they can feel the suffering of other people. And that's what can make them a wonderful practitioner as well. And but they're so when- intuitive. They're so intuitive. Oh, there's so many times where I've been doing some inner work with a client and afterwards uh, they'll say, oh, my God, it was like you were in there with me. It was like you were seeing what I'm seeing. Or I had a client yesterday who was telling a story, blah, blah, blah. And then I just, this question popped in me and I went, can I just ask, did you, did your heart flutter you know, when, you, when you were overseas? Did you get a little heart flutter? He's like, uh, uh, and I said, was it by this person? He'd be like, uh, yeah, I've got to give that to you. That's, that's impressive. That's, I didn't, how did you, how did you know? I was like, oh, I just, it's, I don't know. How I knew. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But when I was unhealed or out of alignment, you know, that's where I went to to alcohol and all those you know, coping mechanisms, gambling and everything, because I just couldn't deal with the big emotions. I couldn't process it all. I was taking way too much. Too on much. And it, too much. Yeah, and I didn't know how to how to protect myself. So there, there's a lot of healers, uh, therapists, counsellors, whatever, that um, aren't aligned. So they come into this work because they're naturally attracted to it or drawn to it. But because they're not managing themselves, they burn out really quickly. They get compassion fatigue. Um, yeah. They end up they end up needing to go and see a therapist because <laughs> the work they do is affecting them so deeply. And, and also that that intuition gets blurred, you know, whereas oh. someone might say, oh, my intuition tells me that, no, you shouldn't be, you know, with that person. But it's like just their own wound that's sort of surfacing, which yeah. they're playing out. And so intuition yeah. gets mistaken for sort of someone's own uh, transference. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, for those who want to research it more, a highly sensitive person, Elaine Aaron, there's a, there's a uh, questionnaire you can do online which gives you a, yeah. a score which lets you know. But basically it says that around 15 to 20% of the population have a more highly attuned nervous system than the others, which means we feel more. 
So it's like, well, like you said, like <laughs> you made me think when you said funniest home videos, this wasn't a funny home video, but I was at my barber's around the corner and he goes, oh, do you see the police cars and that here yesterday? I'm like, no, no. He goes, oh, there's a bloody stack. They came and asked me for my CCTV footage. This car pulled out and just ran over these two old people. He's like, yeah, I'll show you. It's on my phone. I'm like, please don't. No, please don't. No. Please don't. And he goes, no, no, check it out. And I watched it and I'm like, fuck, I couldn't stop thinking about it for like a week. Uh, I feel, <laughs> I'm horrible. feeling it now. It was I horrible. Like it was horrible. Um, and so that just means that, yeah, we're, we're more attuned to the environment. Like you said, instead of seeing two or three things in the rock pool, we see everything. And that is a double-edged sword because- it can get us into all sorts of trouble of, like you said, overwhelm, burnout, taking on other people's stuff. It's like you might go and see a friend for a coffee and they're unloading all of their baggage. Then you walk away from the cafe, your friend feels great and you feel heavy as hell for the next few days because you've taken all that on. It's really interesting too because uh, last time I was researching, they were saying that they'd done the same kind of research in a few different animal species and had found a similar thing that around 15 to 20%. And so it leads to the theory of like, if we're in a tribe, it's for the benefit of the whole tribe's survival that this certain percentage of people are more attuned to their surroundings and environment because you might pick up on something. You know, you might hear that stick in the woods in the middle of the night, whatever it is, that is going to benefit the tribe overall. Um, and the there's a strong correlation between someone who's a highly sensitive person and depression, anxiety, mm addiction, mm -hmm. you know, all of that stuff. Because if we don't know our nature and we take on so much stuff, no wonder our nervous system is going to get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. There's also a strong correla uh, correlation on the other side that people who have that disposition, that nature, are extraordinarily creative. And they can they end up a lot, a lot of the time in careers of an artist, and that may be a painter, it could be a musician, comedians. There's a mm -hmm. massive correlation. It's like that subset of people can convey the world to the rest of the population in a way that they couldn't because they just see things at a much deeper level. And so they mm. kind of become, they become this bridge, you know, between the deeper levels of reality and the rest of the population. It's really interesting. So I want to get into the do's and don'ts of oh, okay. being an empath and being with an empath. Right. So um, uh, this guy I was chatting to on the, on the trip out to the reef, um, he said he... He has an interesting relationship with alpha males. He goes, uh, he just doesn't get along with alpha males. Uh, I said, no, we don't. We're omega males, and alpha males see us as a threat. They, you know, we, we can talk to women much more easily. We build rapport much more easily. We assimilate much more easily. Um, you know, we've got that. Um, a vulnerability that that softer side, I suppose, that, that women find attractive, and so the alphas see us as a threat. And it's not until we disarm the alpha or 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 say, hey, you know, there's enough to go around. We're all okay. That that they should we can, that then we can get on. But it's it was really interesting for him to point that out. Um, so yeah, there's, there's do's and don'ts. So when I wasn't aligned, I guess we'll call it. Uh, as you alluded to earlier, a lot of my relationships, I'd find the wounded birds. I'd find, you know, I'd just, I'd, I'd attract the, the girl at the pub with unhealed. Stuff. Let me rescue. Let me rescue you. Yeah. So I'd start dating, and then I'd just give and give and give, and I'd watch her count rise and rise and rise, and then she'd fly away, and then I'd be left there just like. 
Oh, what about me? Hang on. Oh, oh, hang on. I don't have the energy. I had nothing left. And uh, I was just all giving, all giving, all giving. So really got to watch out for that if, if that's happening. Um, I also, because we can perceive so much, uh, and M helped me with this greatly. Um, and once again, it's, it's, we can't help it. And that's not an, that's not an excuse. It's just, it's just like a dog can't help smelling so much. It's just the way that we're, they're built. So I, M.M. often said to me, mainly early in the relationship, geez, you don't miss a thing, do you? You just don't miss a thing. And I'm like, I'm not fucking trying, you know. It's not, I'm not, I'm not, and, and she, she took it initially like I'm sneaking around just trying to, you know, where's them? And she, she really felt like she was under the microscope. She, she used that. She has a feel like I'm under the microscope. And I said, I'm so sorry you feel that way. Um, we need to figure out how for you to not feel that way. But I think that's only going to come through understanding me and, and, and how I operate. And I'm not consciously trying to do that. So there was an equal responsibility. I had to try and pull back a bit, but she also had to uh, cultivate some understanding that she was with someone who had that ability. Um, and if you've never so, been with someone, uh, you know, of that nature before, then it is. It's just, it's it's very different, you know. And I think the overall, like we can get to more of the do's and don'ts, but for me it's like the the overarching one, and this is true with anything, you know, we, we are with a, you know, romantic relationship or we're in friendships with certain people because there's a degree of similarity there. There's some sort of chemistry and we bounce off each other and and, and it's great a lot of the time. Um, but even those people who we seem as very similar to us, we all view the world through a different lens. We all have this different nature. We've also also had different experiences during our developmental years. And so we're all viewing reality differently. And before you get into this work, I've Pretty much everyone I've worked with, including myself, before you get into this work, you think everybody else views reality the way you do. You just you make this yeah. assumption. You know, you're like, oh, well, if I think this is crap, then everyone should think this is crap. I think this is good. Everyone should think this is good. And then you realize that no two people have the same filters and the same lens going on. And when you can start to understand that and both, whether it's with your partner or a friend and go, okay, let's work out the ways that we see reality differently and work out both of our natures then you set such a solid foundation then to work through all of these little incidences and nuances that happen. But those differences um, are a threat. So a lot of work needs to be done on developing a healthy ego for, for both people in that relationship because M's ego would get all flared up and then that would activate my ego at times and, um, yeah, they just – just create all this unnecessary conflict. And if you, in that moment, if you start with that base, then then this is something that I've had to work through as well because my ego gets involved all the time. If me and Melissa are having a dust-up, it's please tell me how you're seeing reality and then I'll tell you how I'm seeing reality and then we'll try and work out what's actually going on here because, yeah, most people, when the ego start, it's just I'm right, you're wrong, and both of them are doing that and that doesn't end up in a great place. No, and the ego's Achilles heel is different. So the ego really struggles when things are different. It's looking for itself in everyone else. Why aren't you seeing reality the same way I see it? So, yeah, it's all, it's all when we can observe, we, we create 
awareness, uh, an understanding, and then understanding, as I said, the other podcast, understanding is the cornerstone to love. So making sure we do the work around the ego to, to minimize how often the ego is in the relationship is really important. For the non-highly sensitive person, it's really important that they don't attack the other person's sensitivity. They don't stop being so sensitive is the worst thing you can say to an empath. It's like if someone's having a panic attack and they go, calm down. It's never in the history of the universe does that advice work. If a a kid's having a meltdown, stop crying. It's like stop breathing. (laughs) It's the worst thing you can say. And and once again, this dude said um, he... Yeah, he really his his partner's really social, but he struggles socially. Uh, he just gets overwhelmed. He, he needs to take his own car sometimes, so he can leave whenever he wants and everything. And if she's stuck in this, you should be more like me. Why aren't you being more social? If, without that understanding, she's going to be in this um, ignorance position, ignorance and attachment, cause of suffering. So she's going to be in suffering purely because she has no understanding about this person and so she's going to immediately be start be judging him and criticizing him and condemning him and oh but you should just stay she's going to be looking at him through these distorted lenses and demonizing him and turning him into this creature that is not he's a is a soft sensitive caring guy he's also you know he works with leather and he's he's, he's out on the you know machines and he's got a, 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 a great masculine side as well and I think that's what a lot of empath males have is is a very balanced energy so I'm not, I'm not sure I like the masculine and feminine sort of labels but they, they, they're quite balanced um, I, I was very unbalanced I was raised by predominantly raised by women so for many years I had uh, I was in that soft nature far too often. So I had to work to really um, balance, bring balance to myself. And then it was, it was amazing. Once I was in balance and, and in harmony and there was no inner conflict with my own nature and and, and I, I embraced it for what it was, and you suddenly find yourself in it. You're like, oh, this is cool. It's like putting on the Iron Man suit or something. You're like, oh, well, what can we do now? And then all of a sudden... Oh, I'm not looking for the wounded bird, and I'm I'm doing this, and I'm able to go out and socialize, and you know it's it's night and day. So, oh, it's like you said. What can we do now? You got options now. You're not yeah. we're not playing out patterns. It's like, oh man, you mean I can I can go up to that lady over there who doesn't seem wounded at all? That's weird. Okay, let's. But do I'm also that. in a position. Once I understand myself, I'm in a position to educate them and say, hey, um, I'm feeling. You know, I've seen six clients today. Uh, and this is another thing. Um, I wasn't in this field before I was in alignment, so I haven't got that experience, but I know a lot of people do. But I I don't take on my client stuff. Um, I've learned to – some people put up their invisible shields and, and shield their energy. and Their bubble, their energetic bubble. Yeah, the golden orb and whatever it is. Uh, I, I don't feel the need for that. I've just, I've just, I don't you just wear a hazmat suit and a mask. I have a hot high vis, high vis vest. And some sort of shield. 
a lollipop. Okay, session Stop. starting. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured out a way just to, I guess it's unconscious now, not to take it on. I, I've learned to be empathetic and allow my heart to break, but I don't then try and take on their stuff to make them feel better. I I had a, I had a client the other day just just had the most amazing breakdown. He just you know, was literally on the floor crying, and I just sat there and I just held space. And this this is I guess this is important in every relationship, but especially in a relationship with a empath and a non-empath it's holding space and and i just held space in that relationship with this this client and then when he finished processing those very large emotions and sat back up in his chair i was just i just met him where he was and i'm like hey how are you i did and it was so it was it was beautiful it was beautiful to watch this this grown man break down and, and i just felt so honored and so privileged and so grateful that that, that, that he fears that he can he felt safe enough to break down yeah 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 and i didn't have to do a thing i didn't have to interfere i didn't have to oh oh are you okay oh call an ambulance oh i'm medicated or oh, i just this is this is allowed to exist this is very natural and, and important mm-hmm. so in the past unhealed I, I i don't know what i would have done but i i know i would have tried to to take his pain away from him. Yeah. And that so would come here, help. come here. It's all right. It's all right. Come here. It's all right. But yeah. it's like in that well, moment, it's not all right. And it's okay to not be all right things in that moment. Well, I, I guess you could look at empaths as like a sponge. And and when someone's in pain, it's like you said it before, um, it's like you soak up all of their pain and, and they're left feeling better, but then we're left with... The, the burden the of remnants that of that energy yeah mm. yeah and so I, i'll i'll chime in again and say that it works both ways just because i've spent I'm, I'm a hsp and i've spent so much time around hsps i see like the other extreme and we also want to respect that if our partner or our friend isn't that then we need to respect that too because i've seen a lot of people then fall into the role of of a victim and go, well, I'm an mm. empath, I'm a highly sensitive person, I feel things more, so everyone has to placate to me and my needs um, yeah. because that's me. Where it's like, you know, so let's say the, the guy that you met and you use the example of if they go to the party um, and she's like, oh, why does he want to go home early? You know, and then that causes friction yeah. in the relationship. It can go the other way and he might go, well, I'm ready to go. Why doesn't she want to leave now? Why does she have to stay and keep socializing? And so it's, this is why it's so important to have these discussions in a relationship so you can both sit down and just understand each other. And then if you, if you, and they're difficult conversations, people don't, they avoid these things in relationship because it's, it's easier not to do it in the moment, you know? Yeah. It's the hard path to happiness, Nick. What? TM. <laughs> what? And, um, but if you have these conversations over and over again and make it more normal in a relationship, then all of a sudden you'll kind of have a really good idea of your partner's framework in a situation when it starts to upset you. So you might get disturbed, then you automatically plant yourselves in them and go, oh, this is how they're seeing the situation. Let's talk about it. And then the egos get less and less involved. And that's a nourishing and healthy relationship, I believe. Yeah, well, you're, in, you're in your heart space. Yeah, you're just there and, and you're meeting. Uh, I think we've spoken about it, spaciousness in, in relationships, whatever the relationship dynamic is, parent, child, uh, husband, wife, 
teacher, student, whatever the relationship is, a space, and it's not you go over there and I'll go over here or, or boys weekend, girls weekend. It's, it's just, the two of you are in the same room and there is this space where you just, if you, you don't feel like there's an agenda, no one's trying to win, no one's uh, uh, trying to dictate or override or anything. It's just, it's just there, there's this, it feels safe, it feels comfortable, it feels like, you, yeah, you, you're down here with it and you're like, ah, oh, and you're listening with the intent to understand, you're open, you're receptive, you're, oh, you're validating, oh, you know, you're really engaged and connected with that other person and they're equally engaged and connected with you. Yeah, I love the, the phrase, yeah, no one's trying to win. I love that. It's like just... You're not. We're not in a in a battle here. This is meant to be a relationship, <laughs> and, and and just put the put the swords and the shields down. It's not. It's like because even if you have that attitude, then you do win. It's like you might feel good for a fleeting moment, and then you realize what am I doing here? Who am I fighting? The person that I love. This is weird. I uh, when when I wasn't when I hadn't had this figured out, I I got scared of myself at times because. Um, you know, there was a combination of, of childhood experiences and whatnot, but there was a, there's a, a part of me that would, uh, I guess, you know, shadow work or some people would call it. Um, but when I wasn't in alignment and, and I felt victimised and I felt trapped or, or deeply misunderstood and I felt like people were attacking me, my best form of defence was to attack and I... I, I I observed this very powerful um, protective part of me, and and you know that manifested years later into the anxiety where it protected me from, from leaving the house. But when other people, so it was all these Im, imagined or perceived threats. But when it was a person, I, I'd never get into fights or anything. I, empaths really dislike conflict uh, and are deeply affected by conflict but uh, I'll, I'll, I found a very um, non-elegant way to push people away uh, and it was and I had no control over it it was just this it was just an energetic bang it was a pushing them away it's and like the corn animal isn't it yeah, uh, it's really interesting. I've I've experienced it with Polly. So Polly and and I uh, have been hanging out for eleven years, and there's been times where Polly's I'm, next dog for those who don't know, yeah. what is mistress or something? I don't think everyone knows Polly. Um, and and there was this, a couple of occasions where I was like, Polly, stop! Uh, she was just. You know, whining or wanted to do something, and I, I, I just, I was frazzled and and wasn't doing my work, and I emitted this energy, and she yelped. She was a couple of meters away, and she yelped and went and and scampered out of the room, and yeah, that's that's happened on two or three occasions, and I just, she 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 felt pain, she felt. Okay, so imagine what we can't see. Imagine what's happening energetically. Um, you know, 
the the vibe of a place is really important to an empath as well. I can walk into something and as soon as as soon as I, I enter that space, I, I'm tuned into the energy of it, and I can, oh, there's a there's a real funky something's not quite right here, or there's a lot of unauthentic people, or there's a lot of surface, there's a lot of ego in this room, and it's it's not attractive, so I don't want to be around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, poor, poor, and dogs poor, are. Dogs are very good at picking up body language too, aren't they? That's the same thing with equine therapy. Have you ever done a bit yeah. of equine therapy? Uh, no. Yeah, it's no. it's it's really interesting that. But they used to think that the horses had some sort of magical power where they could read people's minds and all this kind of stuff. But they're purely just complete and utter masters of body language. And so you know, you can have someone walk up to them, and if there's something a little bit off there, then the horse will just like walk off. It just won't want to be involved. You know, let alone let you come and pat it, and it just picks up What's on that? that. So good. Well, when dog, when dogs, um, that's not true. So it's true. Animals can sense evil. Yeah. It's like they, <laughs> uh, elephants. Elephants are so intuitive, so tuned in. They, they, um, you know, there, there's so many stories. There's too many that come to mind, but but people. Working with elephants, you know, you can stop an elephant, and it's like you're having a conversation with the elephant, and, mm. and you're not, but you are on some level. Something's going on, and there's just like you said, there's so many things happening that we're just not aware of. It makes me think of um, uh, Milton Erickson, who's like you know the grandfather of hypnotherapy. You know, probably you know one of the greatest of all time. And I was reading the about goat. him, and it was the goat. He's the goat of hypno, and he, when he was, I can't remember what age he was, but he had some rare disease where he became kind of paralyzed and he was in this like bed for, I think it was like 18 months or two years and he was paralyzed and couldn't speak or really interact. And his mother and his sisters and whoever else would obviously be with him and visiting him all the time and blah, blah, but he was fully aware. So he could sit there and just see what was going on, but he couldn't speak or communicate. And so he would just watch all of these interactions between human beings Mm. And after a while, when you're not speaking and not getting yourself involved at all, you start to pick up on all this subtlety. And he would re- realize he's like, he couldn't say anything, but he's like, oh, my sister's lying to my mum about this. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he'd pick <laughs> it up. And then so he'd get to the point where he'd do these sessions where people would come into him and just say, hi, my name's Doris, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, what happened when you were five with your father? And she's like, oh, he sexually assaulted me. And he would just pick up on this stuff so well because he basically was forced to shut the fuck up for a couple of years and he started to pick up on these other you know, real subtle layers of energy that are going on. So, uh, yeah, we're the same. We just haven't had the the two years of not being able to communicate. It's just more he, he cultivated or developed that. Uh, uh, yeah, there's... Some of us are just born with it naturally, and, it, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous for us, and it's dangerous for other people. Like imagine, uh, I've I've had people, you know, women have been in relationships say they felt so uncomfortable because I just I, I seemed to move through all their barriers, all of their walls, and just appear like one one person said it's like you just it's just like you you just pulled up next to my heart uh, and. It was shocking to like she's like, I don't feel safe around you because I'm I'm defenseless around you. You can just <laughs> walk in and walk out as you want. And I'm like, 
oh my god that must be terrible for you she goes yeah it's really um i can't remember the word really daunting really you know it's a shock to the system that here, here she is thinking i'm protected i'm safe i've got all the walls up and got all this stuff and then it's um hey what's going on yeah all right yeah. Oh, how the fuck did you get in Oh, I just, just walked in. Left the back door open. <laughs> I, I had that conversation with my mate who a little while ago he was back in the dating game and he like is writing this where he pre- speaks about mental health and suicide in front of thousands of people. It's his job. And um, yeah, I'm like, how's, how's the dating game going? He goes, yeah, I'm battling. He goes, I keep having these, I organize these dates and everything's well, but I go there because he just like lays himself out there on the first date and they're yeah. like, oh, and people will start used to that. And he's like, but I haven't got time for bullshit. You know, I'm here for real talk. So you get you get to meet them where they are, and unfortunately, that's, that's what I mean. We're going to temper ourselves, and if, if if an empath comes into contact with another empath, you'll both just be completely vulnerable, and and everything's on the table. That's all. It's all out there. It's all open because that's just how you roll. But if there's someone else, and he just unload, oh yeah, and abuse this and this and this and this is, and they're just going. This is too much. I don't know how to handle this. Yeah, it's not going to be a second date. Just, uh, no. just, uh, just coming back to shutting the fuck up. But like, this is where like meditation, you know, can can be so beneficial as well. Just if not for the other reasons, but just purely for that. And it's like if I'm if I just shut up for a minute and close my eyes in a quiet space with no interruptions, and after a while, I'll get some insights into my inner landscape and my inner world. And it doesn't have to be that. It can be going. And I remember when I first started meditating and there was this, I was living in Hampton Park, aka the ghetto of Melbourne. And, but there was a park I found around near my house with this fucking amazing tree. It was this big, beautiful tree. And so I'd just sit on the park bench. It wasn't, it wasn't just, a Bodhi tree, was it? Um, Probably. Am I the second coming? Am I Buddha? Buddha wouldn't maybe. wear his hat backwards, surely. Oh, in this day and age, maybe he would. Maybe, maybe. Um, wouldn't border probably wouldn't be attached to being younger than he is though, I guess. <laughs> I'll just put a line through that. I'm not Buddha. <clears throat> and so, you know, just sitting on the park bench and just observing. And you would just if when you shut up and stop thinking about yourself, um, you can see, you know, the way that a leaf falls from the branch to the ground and see that's quite amazing and how wind and different forces interact with that, how people are, you know, walking and how they're interacting. And you gain so much insights into life, more than you could ever read in a book, sometimes just by shutting up and observing. Well, you know, we've spoken about it before, but I think it's irrelevant for, for this episode. The whole woke movement has, has gone gone wayward it's it's fallen off the rails completely especially this podcast yeah definitely this podcast but it's um you know awake awoke used to be being awake being conscious being aware uh and that's it's all just observing observing objectively and 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 tuning in imagine how many people are just mindlessly on that hamster wheel just just caught up and just day-to-day survival oh fml oh hump day oh you know it's just what a what a horrible existence that's not not judging them for it it's just tragic it's such a it's 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 a miracle that we're here uh, for starters and, and then we just have this horrendous experience because we're not tuning in to, to what's really important. We're living in fear and living this state of 
deficiency and contraction and just trying to accumulate more and 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 have more to to feel safe and um yeah when, when you stop and let all that go and self-soothe and reassure yourself i am okay food water shelter then you're in this position to all right now what, what else is around me oh look a fish oh look a leaf oh look a bird and it's transformative so it's genuinely transformative it's like having blinkers on and they just uh, don't take them off and then unfortunately a lot of people <laughs> get to 40 start wearing the hat backwards or get older you know towards retirement and realize that they were climbing this ladder and they got somewhere near the top and realized they had it lent up against the wrong building and that's like very deflating so funny old young people want to be old and old people want to be young yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like oh okay that's so yeah yeah it's uh, there's a lot of do's and don'ts for it empathic people and, and people in relationships with with empaths and um it's a double-edged sword so if 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 it resonates that you you you, you feel things deeply or take things on and get overwhelmed or drained easily or can't watch the news or listen to the radio or you just get this built-in bullshit detector uh or you just you're very naturally drawn to hanging out with animals and kids and because they're pure that's why we that's why we love these things because they're just pure they they kids are pure dogs animals they're pure adults are very impure myself included uh, yeah there's no <laughs> there's no hidden agenda that's why if we put a dog in a certain situation and it goes to bite or something and we're like oh it might be you know bad but like we understand where it comes from there's no there's no hidden agenda whereas we can meet a human yeah. being and we're like i know what humans are capable of i don't know what the fuck you're <laughs> after here yeah I, i'm listening to what you're saying behind what you're saying and yeah. it's uh it's a little bit funky back there it's a bit a bit of stank back there you're stanky you got stanky energy mm. man uh, yeah. All right, do the so, test. Do the test, people. Yeah, go to uh, highly sensitive person test. Uh, there'll be a bunch yeah. of them, but the, the Dr. Elaine Aaron website, that's the official one. So jump on there and, and get to know yourself a bit better. Empath traits. Or if you know, uh, if you're with an empath and, and you're struggling with them uh, because you think they're too sensitive or because the, you feel that they're. You know, under you're under their microscope or whatever. Just sit down and have some conversations. So just just sit down and go, hey, this is. But without without demanding that they do everything different, don't don't go into this conversation with demands. Go into them open and vulnerable. So this is what I'm experiencing. You're not doing this to me. Uh, uh, get the egos out of the way. Just this is what I'm experiencing. Uh, I just want to have a chat about this. Um, just create some awareness around this. I'm I'm not. Not, I'm not in defense mode because I don't think you're attacking me. I just want to talk about it and figure out a way that we can you know, coexist harmoniously. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Nico. Thank, Thank you, you, Nick. Rhino. Nick, Nick Sutherland. Sutherland. Ryan. Hassan. 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 It's just Hassan. Hassan. It's not Hassan. Hassan. It's just Hassan. 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 Ryan oh, has mate. a son. What was your name? Ryan You're not Lebanese. No, I'm not Lebanese. It's Hassan. It's Irish. But clearly. Dude, you've just you've just spent the whole episode talking about HSPs. Your name's Hassan. Yeah, I do love a HSP. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that's when you go the name Hassan when you go to the yeah. kebab shop it's Hassan yeah, give him a wink Hassan. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey bro part of the tribe man <laughs> look us up <laughs> alright people extra, extra garlic mayo on it for me buddy oh, I don't know what I'm doing for lunch today <laughs> I haven't had one in a while I'd heard about them heaps and then I was at the shop like what is this thing and then I got it and I'm like, what is it? Just shredded chicken and shitted chips and cheese. Then I ate it and I'm like, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is absolutely delicious. <laughs> All right, we'll get into it. Thank you for tuning into the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five star rating. We thank you so much and we'll see you all next time. Yeah.